This is the Westwards podcast, a fortnightly production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. Western Sydney is located on the traditional lands of the Darug, Gunungurra and Tharawal nations, and we acknowledge and offer our respects to all Indigenous people and to their Elders past, present and emerging. Opinions and views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Westwards organisation. If you'd like to ask questions, offer feedback or simply learn more about what we do at Westwards, please visit westwards.com.au. All right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the West Words podcast for today, the 5th of March, 2021. I'm James, I'm the producer here at West Words and I'm joined today by associate producer Chris. How are you, Chris? Are you well? I'm doing very, very well. Considering you're about to head home, you're doing extraordinarily well, aren't you? Yes, but you're I'm heading home to more more activities, more theatre, more all of that sort of stuff. More, so chaos, more chaos. More chaos. Yeah, chaos is... Yes, uh, Chaos is our friend at uh, Westwards at the moment. We've got so much on, massive amount we're doing, so we're going to talk about some of those things today. Um, before we go any further, we should um, draw people's attention to the fact that n- on the 8th of March, which is, what's that, Monday, is it? Monday? Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday is International Women's Day. It is. Uh, never mind that the, um, the federal government had an International Women's Day about a week ago and only men spoke at it. That was a telling moment, wasn't it? The whole week, I feel, has been a telling moment <laughs> for women, really. Yeah, anyway. So what's the what's the uh, motto for, or the slide, what, what do I call well, it, the banner, the, I guess? Or? Yeah, the, the UN come out with a um, theme every year. And so this, this year it's hashtag choose to challenge. Choose to challenge. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not bad advice, is it? No, not at all. What, what, how do you see that in the context of what we do as, as artists? I think that's purely what we do all the time. We challenge the social norms. We challenge what happens in our lives. I mean, it's just by asking the questions, really, um, that challenges people to actually think about even the most mundane things and, and whether that's um, what they would choose for themselves or for um, the people that live around them. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean... Yeah, so <laughs> in the context of the whole federal government thing, once again, we we're, we reach that point where we go challenge the norm and, and stop just accepting that that's the way things have to be. So uh, what are you doing for International Women's Day, Chris, being a woman and all? Well, I'm, yeah, I am a woman, proudly so. Mm, you should be. Um on International Women's Day, I was going to look at some of the local events. I know that Camden Council are having a dinner and so are several of the other um, women's organisations such as Wilma in Campbelltown, mm-hmm. which is the Women's Health Centre. Um, and Parramatta has qu- quite a few dinners going on as well or lectures. And there's even this weekend um, in Sydney Opera House, there's the All About Women Festival, right. which is um, being headed by Isabel Allende. I was about to bring her up because she was on Q&A last night. Mm, oh, hmm. okay. So, yeah, there's some really interesting stuff going on this weekend. 
in terms of seminars. A lot of the people um, are, are Zooming in because they can't travel at the moment, so that'll be interesting. So I thought what I might do is digitally connect because I have lots of theatre opening this weekend, so mm-hmm. I'm going to sit in the sit in the change rooms, I think, and... Um, and zoom in. Just make sure that your wireless doesn't connect up a la uh, Spinal Tap. You know, <laughs> suddenly uh, somebody's in the middle of Susicle, which I think is the one that you're, yeah. you're, you're involved in, and um, suddenly there's Isabella Lende telling people that they're allowed to be pretty as long as they have attitude. That might be better than some of the stuff in the actual <laughs> show, Susicle. to be quite honest. <laughs> you heard it here from, from a member of the crew. Um, um, and then on... Uh, the 14th of March, I'm actually going to Bankstown Arts Centre um, where I'm appearing on a panel for We Are The Mainstream, which is um, a, a social organisation that's committed to um, promoting diversity uh-huh. across across all streams. It's not just in the arts. So, yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking diversity in publishing and writing and um, decolonial... Sort of stuff. Cool. We have a bit of a tradition here at the West Words podcast, um, the quote of the day. And today uh, I, am, I, I dug up two quotes from somebody who was born this day in 1955. His name is Penn Gillette. Ever heard of him? No, I no, have okay. no idea who that is. So, <laughs> all I can think of a grand, is a grandfather clock or something, or 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 a, a razor brand. Um, but no, Pendulette. He is a uh, he's a magician, um, and by that I mean a stage magician, mm-hmm. extraordinary stage magician. He's part of the duo uh, Penn and Teller with his mate Teller, who doesn't actually speak. Oh, he looks a bit like. Looks a bit like um, yeah, Art, Art he's the one with the long hair then, and yeah, the other one's the that's, balding, that's slightly the balding one. dude. Okay, and I got does, that. And if you're interested in an interesting um, viral video they did on YouTube, go and look up Penn and Teller talk about vaccination. They've got a really amazing um, demonstration of vaccination logic and illogic of anti-vaxxers. Anyway. Penn Gillette, he said these. These two quotes are quite linked, I think, and so I'm going to read them and then you can discuss, Chris. Um, He says, I started out as a juggler, so I know what it means to spend eight hours a day, seven days a week, practising something that people just dismiss with the wave of a hand. (laughs) And the second one is quite closely linked to that. The only secret of magic is that I'm willing to work harder at it than you think it's worth. Discuss. No, I think that's – he sounds like he's onto like, the secret of every success. It's like it's, it's done for his own reasons. It's not done for what he's going to get from it. Yeah, and, and, and I, I kind of love this idea that the harder you work at something and the easier you make it appear. The harder oh, you yeah. work at the the easier it looks to others. And, and I'm, I'm going to sort of um, probably embarrass you a bit by saying this, but the other day you were reading me something that you'd written and I, I thought you were reading from um, one of the student pieces that we'd been editing and I said, who wrote this? And you said, I did. And I thought, oh, that makes sense because it actually, it flowed easily. It felt like it had been written easily whereas a lot of the stuff that was appearing in, the, in these um, student bits were simple but, didn't, but sounded like they were really struggling with the language and, and I think that that's something that, good writers do is they manage to take a piece of 
an idea and make it complex but at the same time make it feel like it's really simple. Yeah, that's one of the things that, I mean, it's personally something that I love and I think it actually takes, it, it actually plays right into your quote. Um, it takes so much effort and so much time and, and working and reworking of a piece to get... Um, and we were talking about this in regards to dialogue this morning, mm. to get that one line to do so much for you, mm-hmm. to advance advance the story, to give you character, to give you place, give you space, give all of those things in, you know, sometimes the subtlety of like three words or, you know, a silence on the page between the lines. It's... Mm. Um, I was thinking, I used to think about that a lot when I was going through um, Ali Ali Kobiekman's stuff where she'd quite obviously sat with it for so long that it it was so stripped down. Mm -hmm. And I used to think the same thing with um, John Steinbeck where I'd read one sentence and go, oh, my God, how do you do that? Absolutely. And, and, a, and a good writer will do that, they'll, they'll, or a good artist will do that with a sim- simple stroke of a pen. And, and I, I remember going, spending some time over in Fremantle at the Children's Literature Centre over there, now just called the Literature Centre, um, and they've got travelling exhibitions and and, uh, and and one of them was Terry Denton, who of course is famous for doing lots of things, but most famous with, with kids, I, I assume, with being the guy who has done the illustrations for the Andy Griffiths books. Or Lee Hobbs, who does Old Tom. And I've seen Lee do the Old Tom workshop dozens of times with kids and they're all trying to do Old Tom and he's showing them step by step how to do Old Tom, like do this, like this, and and they all end up looking horrible except for his, which looks extraordinary. And, you know, what people forget from from the artist's perspective is that so many of these children's picture book artists are actually trained artists they're not people who are going oh it's good enough for the kids no these people are serious about their craft and so yeah i think the the longer you spend just working on that craft the easier it appears and it kind of it reminds me of when i was studying art at um ultimo tech um my we used to talk a lot about the uh, zen buddhist monks Mm -hmm that would spend their entire life trying to perfect the mark. So in calligraphy, Mm. they would spend a lifetime trying to perfect this one mark. Um, And that was seen kind of as as the height of um, aspiration or journey. Mm. And that, that makes me think of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, this this same principle applies for all art, I suppose, you know, music and, and whatever, just making it look effortless is actually really hard work. Well, I mean, it's it's that beautiful thing, even when I'm, you know, the best dancers that I've ever seen make it just look beautiful. I remember actually one interview that Ray Martin was interviewing, I think it was Michael Jones, I think it was, the runner. Okay. Um, and I could be wrong about the first name, but I can't remember... But I just remember he was one of the American runners and it was the Sydney Olympics and he had interviewed him and he was like, um, ah, well, you know, you make it look really easy. Is it easy? 
And I remember he looked at him with this look like, I can't believe you just asked me this stupid question. Is it easy? Is it easy? (laughs) And you could tell he felt like walking out of the interview right then. But he just looked at him and went, if it was easy, then everybody would be doing it. That's right. That's exactly right. And, you know, that was something that used to kind of blow me away when I watched, for example, the swimming. And you see Ian Thorpe who had this really slow, languid stroke and yet he's streaking away from people. But And I, it's tempting to look at that and go, he just gets in the pool and, and swims. But no, every time he goes out there, he hurts. And what you're not seeing... I get, I, it's interesting, actually, because we talked about Stephen Bradbury the other day, didn't we? Yeah. And Stephen Bradbury, who is the most Australian of all Olympic champions because he, the joke goes that he just didn't fall over and he ended up winning the gold medal. And he gets really upset by that because he says people are forgetting all the times I've fallen over and been run, skates have run over me and cut my muscles and I've, uh, you know, up at three in the morning to go and train and all the dietary restrictions and the travel and the cramps and the pain and all of those things. He said, you don't get to the final of the... Olympics Olympic without actually putting in a bit of effort here. You don't even qualify the, for the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's crazy stuff. And the last quote I'll give you, which isn't isn't from Penn Jillette, but I think I might have mentioned it before, but I, I think it's, it bears repeating. It's um, Yehudi Menuhin, the great violinist, and someone once said to him after he hu- recital, Mr Menuhin, I would give up everything in my life to be able to play like you. You know what he said, right? You would have to give up everything in he your life. He said, what do you think I did? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the take-home for people who are listening to this who are artists? Um, yeah, you don't throw more words at the problem to make it look harder. You try and strip that away so it looks easier and that's, I guess, what um, what good artists do. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of good artists, see, that's a, that's a segue. That's a segue. That anyway. actually works. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of good artists... Um, we were in our kitten club, the monthly spoken word event we have, which, which is still currently online. Uh, it used to be held at the Avalon Katoomba and we are hoping to get back up there. Uh, but the, we had a couple of guests. We had uh, Leanne Mulgo-Watson and Jasmine Seymour. These are two fine author illustrators, Darragh women from the Hawkesbury, who um, won the Prime Minister's Award for Children's Literature for their picture book, Kui Mitigar which is Songs on Darug's Songlines. Uh, sorry, I got that right. Sto- a story on Darug's Songlines. Yeah. And so we had them uh, join us on the Kitten Club, which is ca- available now on the, uh, on the YouTube channel, Best Words Official. And just here's a little snippet of what they had to say about teaching language and learning language uh, other than English, learning Indigenous language. I didn't really expect Kuimidiga to win. Um, in all honesty, because of how my mum and nan weren't allowed to speak language in this country. So for to win the award was really special to me because um, they'd been silenced. And um, that was the process of trying to stop that our language being spoken in country and disconnect us from our culture in like one of the best ways, I guess, to do it. So for us to win an award that was national, nationally accepted, a Darug language book to me was really amazing. Are um, your nan and mum still with us? Uh, my nan is 
that mum is. She's um, very elderly now. She's in her mid-80s. Um, and it just felt like we'd come full circle because they were told that they couldn't speak language because if their children spoke language, they'd be taken. So my grandmother spoke direct fluently, but when the kids went anywhere near, they shushed because they didn't want the kids to learn. Um, but mum actually grew up, she was quite an activist. A lot of Aboriginal people had a lot of fear around culture, but mum sort of went into schools and taught culture and, and really continued with the language. So I was really lucky in that way, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, it was really special in that way. It was like having my mum treated the way she was for like for sharing language and culture. And then we actually write a Darig language book and it wins an award like that is just amazing. Mm. And the acceptance that it's had is amazing too. Like lots of people absolutely love our book, which is amazing. Yeah, I agree. My, for my family, when um, my uncle, you know, he's, um, he's, a Darug man who's always lived in the Hawkesbury and he was taught from very young not to say anything about it and when I first showed him the books um, he, uh, he didn't really say very much at first but when he opened Kui Midiga up he started saying the words and you could see him playing with them and then he you know he sort of said wow this is my language and you could see how that delighted him and then when uh, we won the award I, I went back out and I saw him He's 94 and he said to me, oh, be careful, be really careful because he's still worried about the payback for saying you're Aboriginal or um, being Aboriginal. <laughs> so I just thought that was, you know, he's, he's still terrified to this day about that. Um, and that's the legacy of being Aboriginal in the Hawkesbury for sure. So that was Leanne Mulgo-Watson and Jasmine Seymour talking about uh, language. Uh, they're, they're publishers or creators of Kui Mitigar, which is available from Magabala Books and is an extraordinary book. Have you had, you've had a look at the pictures, haven't you? Yeah, you've had a look they're at the beautiful. Book. It's stunning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so check that out and um, have a listen. So we've got a couple of other bits of news, Chris. Um, the cottage. Tell us about the cottage. Well, did you speak about the Daffodil Cottage, the Westwards Daffodil Cottage? Did I talk cottage? about it last time? I don't know that I did. I think you did. Did I? Yes. Oh, I don't recall. I think I was standing out, putting my washing on the line, listening to uh, you talking about So what's the, the short Daffodil What's cottage. the short version then? The short version is there's two beautiful women. Is it Rachel and... Rach and Katie, yep. Rachel and Katie who have taken you know, seen their beautiful little cottage that they have and thought, how can we use this for the betterment of um, society hmm. and have decided to open up their cottage um, to artists to come in and have a residency, which are actually quite long. They're five days and 11 days. Yeah. So that's quite an offering. So Westwards is facilitating that for them. And we just had our first opening of... Um, applications our yeah, we first got, round we got of applications kind of smashed, didn't we we got yeah. 16 applications which is pretty good in a couple of days it was like 48 hours we had those didn't we yeah so we we wanted to get started really quickly so the window for this one was 
really small, but I was overwhelmed with the amount of applications and they were good quality applications. They were super high quality, absolutely. Um, so uh, we have selected our three for the first round. I can't say who they are just yet because I next need... Next time. Next time because we just need to iron out a couple of details. But we're very excited uh, at who we've got coming up. If you want more information about this, go to the, the uh, Westwards website and look for the Daffodil Cottage links. But uh, basically what what this is is a very a highly subsidised stay. So it's going to cost... Uh, for five nights, I think it's $175 or something like that. Yeah. And that really just covers the overheads. That's that's sort of it. We're not making money. That's awesome. It is amazing. It's Oh, you didn't mention where it is. We should probably it's, say it's in, it's in North Katoomba. Yeah, yeah. It's in Katoomba in the Blue Mountains. So um, really a place that kind of lends itself to writers yeah, totally. being tucked away, isn't it? Yeah, or yeah. artists up in the hills being... Um, Finding their inspiration in the world around and them. Finishing off a big project, uh, and it's it's got a, it's got two rooms, so you can bring a partner and all your family. And it's got a fence, so you and can got, bring you your, your dog. Bring your pooch along as well, and and Rach and Katie are, are quite um, quite keen for you to bring your pooch if you think that that's something that your pooch would enjoy. Um, yeah, so uh, check it out on the website. But if you're we're we're going to be opening the second round of um, applications. In a little while, in a in a few weeks, um, so just keep an eye on our newsletter, which you can subscribe to or uh, check out our website, and we will um, be announcing this. There's five five residencies in the next round, which is four okay. four of the five day ones and one of the long ones. Okay. And then there's another round, a third round later in the year. So I think we'll need them. I think we will. I think we really will. So that's the that's the cottage. So thank you again to to Rach and and Katie for their their incredible generosity in letting us use that. Um, what else have we got? Oh, we've got the clubhouse. Oh yeah, the new website. The new website for kids. Yeah, yeah. So it's westwords.com.au/slash/clubhouse, or you can just go to the Westwords website. And we've got a guest blogger who this month is drumroll. Oliver Pomervan. Oliver Pomervan. Yes, that's that's the one. Um, yeah, he uh, and so he's uh, putting some posts up there for kids to read. And, and um, if you haven't ever heard of Oliver Pomervan, you're almost certainly over the age of 12 because I think anyone in Australia who is under the age of 12 will have heard of Oliver Pomervan. Yeah, I think so too. Given from the response, the fact that there's comments and questions already. Yeah, he's, absolutely. He's quite a popular dude. He's a very popular dude. So, And his... Um, his Insta is at Oliver Winfrey, W-I-N-F-R-E-E, as is his Twitter. So you can track him down there as well. But come along and check out his his blog, his guest blog on the Westbird site. And there's lots of other stuff on the Clubhouse site as well. There's videos and, and workshops and publications and all manner of things. Yeah, I love the fact that there's still all those illustration workshops by all those um, kids 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 book illustrators who are artists as we've discussed yeah, yeah absolutely so i mean to me that's always great especially in the school holidays or on those weekends where the p- kids are going i'm bored i'm bored i want to i want to draw a wombat well i've got just the thing i want to draw a kookaburra well <laughs> just funny so you should ask. <laughs> yeah. um so readings we've got uh re- as we do every week we've got readings uh, going up yeah we've got this being published today it's actually up already um we have michael adams with his latest book 
called Australia's Sweetheart, which actually talks... He wanted to make up a character um, about a movie star that goes from Australia to America um, in the early... I think it was the 19... 19- 30s, I have a feeling. I was about to say Nicole Kidman, but no, that wasn't quite that early, was it? No, no, no. But he actually found a real person. And her name is Mary Maguire. And he actually, because it was recent enough, he got to actually interview and know the people that knew her. And um, And was she like a Hollywood star? She was a Hollywood B starlet. B starlet. So she wasn't wasn't, um, the top rung, but she was, yeah. But lots of pearl clutching and hands to the forehead. Look, oh, yeah, sort of lots of curls and, yeah. you know, red lipstick or something. Um, but, yeah, and her last name was Maguire. So I'm now intrigued as to whether she's one of my grandmother's Maguire's. Oh, you're, oh, yeah. oh, careful what you wish for. You might discover that she was and well, hey. there's some unpaid bills. Yeah. You just don't, <laughs> just don't know, do you? I'm far enough away. It's all good. <laughs> Fair enough. Because apparently we, my family is related to C.S. Lewis, Enter the Queen. The Queen? Yeah, the Queen, apparently. But Which Queen is that? The, the main one, the, the proper one. The, 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 yeah, that one. And um, The one at the Stonewall? Or? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're not holding our breath for our inheritance. Though. It's been se- several generations. Um, so uh, I had. Can I just break yeah, in there? Yeah. I was going to say we had the first African writers group oh, last okay. right, last right. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? We had lots of new people, which awesome. I was found really exciting, and I was just glad to get it back on the road. Can't wait till we actually have in person mm. things going on. Those things are always a bit better in person when you can actually. We kind of rely so much on reading people's faces, but. Even Zoom doesn't quite do that, does it? It really doesn't. You don't realise how much you take in body language and and just people's energy, really. And um, the queer group, the LGBTQIA plus group, just had their second meeting and um, they're going great guns. Yeah, cool. So we're still taking people for both of those things. So you can always email email me, chris, at westwords.com.au. If you're interested in joining either of those things, is there a cost attached to those? No cost well, attached. Well, okay, awesome, awesome. Unless if you want to buy a packet of biscuits for the queer group and bring it, I always encourage cake. That seems to be. <laughs> Fair enough. So the final bit of news we have is uh, we we have a a big event planned uh, right across Western Sydney that we can't really say too much more about but sharpen your pencils is all i'll say about this sharpen your pencils make sure your laptops are fired up and full of full of battery because this is going to be big uh if you're a keen writer watch this space because there is going to be a fairly big opportunity uh coming your way if you happen to live in one of the lgas of western sydney so that's really pretty much everywhere from Parramatta, auburn right across to Mount Victoria and up to the Hawkesbury and down to where we are right now in, in Campbelltown. So, um, yeah, we can't say much more about that, can we? But uh, watch this space. Yeah, that should happen really soon and there's money involved, so you should pay attention. Money and workshops and things involved. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah make sure that laptop's battery is fully charged because it's going to require some action. <laughs> anyway... Um, 
that's kind of it from us today. Uh, you're welcome to join us again in a couple of weeks. In a week's time, there will be another mini masterclass, and it's going to be part two of Discipline with Tim Harris. Uh, and uh, you can catch up on the one from last week, which was with Andrew Shaw, which was about freelancing and how you work as a freelance writer for an agency or as a free agent. And we'll be back in two weeks with another one of these with the Westwards News Views Interviews podcast. And we'll hopefully have a bit more news about the big thing we just talked about and, uh, and the cottage and so forth. So, Chris, thanks for joining us. You can head home now and Thank you you know, so much. try and get some rest before you, the chaos picks up again. Yeah, turning off my phone for at least an hour. Sounds good. And uh, thank you for joining us. And as we always say on the Westwards podcast, happy creating. Bye. Thank you.